Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Much More Football Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie Lippold, and today we will be talking about recapping LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, Michigan, Alabama, and just touching on Tua declaring for the draft. So let's get right into it. All right, guys, Mitch Farnsworth, Mitch Baller, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. Happy Taco Tuesday, man. Can't complain. Beautiful Tuesday. Enjoy my break. All right, so let's just jump right into it. Um, LSU, Oklahoma. Um, Joe Burrow had seven touchdowns in the first half alone. Um, Mitch Farnsworth, we'll start with you. Your thoughts on that semifinal matchup? Man, what a uh, total mismatch between two teams one team so much more superior than the other it wasn't even funny um you know the first two possessions or three possessions you thought okay you know Oklahoma's gonna hang in here and then it kind of felt like uh the uh, Sooner Schooner kind of flipped over like it did earlier this year and totally went down that hill from there so uh Joe Burrow showing why he's going to be the first pick in this draft coming up uh just a total domination from one side the, from one team dominating the other from start to finish. Uh, it just kind of showed why Joe Burrow was going to be the Heisman and potentially going to be a national championship winner here. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of my last thing. Not too much to talk about because it was it was a total domination. Uh, Mitch Ball, I'm swinging it over to you. You, you thought Oklahoma was going to keep it close. They, they certainly did not. So what was your – thoughts for this game well, you know i i had to do that for our viewers sake we just i couldn't have all the viewers think we were all rooting for lsu um, <laughs> so I, I had to take take one there for the people i'm a man of the people and that's what i'm gonna roll with there as far as oklahoma my god i i don't know i mean just to put it in perspective justin jefferson had 227 receiving yards jalen hurts had 217 yards in the entire game yeah yeah a wide receiver had more than a quarterback who threw the ball 31 times yep. and didn't even complete it 50%. Um, I think this deserves the Big 12 as well as Notre Dame because Notre Dame's still trash. Uh, <laughs> they should both be outlawed from the college football playoff for a while. Um, Big 12 sucks. Notre Dame sucks. And Texas sucks because they're in the Big 12. Um, still hating on Texas. Joe Burrow is as good as advertised. Uh, Joe Burrow is phenomenal. And he's going to be the number one pick, like Mitch Farnsworth just said. And there's not enough you can say about that. 493 yards, only 10 incompletions. I mean, this this dude, you're running out of words to describe him. And I can't wait to see him on the national championship stage come Monday night in the Superdome in Louisiana. Yeah, absolutely. LSU had some people say in their camp that they didn't even think Oklahoma was a top 15 team, let alone top four in it. It showed with that performance. Top 25. <laughs> Not even top 25, Mitch. No. All right. I mean, it showed. I mean, three years in a row, Oklahoma has made the playoff. In three years, they couldn't walk away with one win. Um, so excited to see LSU in the championship because they are clearly one of the, the two best teams in the country all year long. Um, but this is going to be the toughest segment of our podcast so far. Um, Mitch Ball, I'm going to start with you. Um, Clemson. 29, Ohio State 23. Um, Clemson will be facing LSU like um, 
it was said on Monday. Um, your whole thoughts on this game? Um, in had a good start, had some injuries, had some breaks go against us. What were your thoughts for this game? This is tough. I could start anywhere. Um, we'll start out with how they started. Not being able to capitalize on their opening drives and having to kick field goals right away worried me. I mean, give credit. We weren't sure how good Clemson really was because they played absolutely nobody. However, Dabo Sweeney is a great coach. Love him, hate him, whatever. He had his team ready to play. They showed why they were the defending national champions. They were down 16 nothing, came back, made it a game. But before we even get to that part, I mean, Ohio State, in my opinion, was not aggressive enough. Yes, you need to take points when you can get points. But to kick three field goals down there, is, in my opinion, was not the right call by Ryan Day and his coaching staff. Right, that, that right away worried me. Then you move on to J.K. Dobbins becoming hobbled, and right away that was going to become an issue for Ohio State with already having Justin Fields, who was not 100% in the backfield, playing on a bum knee, who likes to use his legs but couldn't. And now you've taken Ohio State's two best runners and limited them. Yep. So right away that, that became an issue. And I know what you want to get to is you you want to, I know what infuriates you the most is the calls that did not go Ohio State's way. And so first off, I'll start with the targeting call. By rule, was it the correct call? Yes. Do I agree with the call? Absolutely not. When you have Trevor Lawrence, who's six foot, I believe he's six six. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's six three, six four. I don't know. Either way, when you have a quarterback that tall against Sean Wade who is significantly smaller. And Trevor Lawrence is the one that lowers his head to initiate contact. That cannot be a reason that Sean Wade is disqualified from the game. Did he hit him helmet to helmet? Yes. However, they should have been able to look at that and saw or seen that Trevor Lawrence lowered his head for it to be forcible contact from each other's head. And in my opinion, when you see that, look, leave the penalty on the floor or on the field. Don't don't eject the kid. That, yeah. I just felt he was totally wrong there. I know Kirk Herbstreet and uh, Fowler both agree. Uh, most of America agree. <laughs> and right yeah. there was a turning point as Sean Wade gets ejected. We have a backup corner safety come in. But credit to Clemson, what did they do? They attacked him right away. They yeah. attacked someone that probably didn't think he was going to get in the game a whole lot. They dropped pass interference on him. And next thing you know, Clemson's in business and gets on the board. And then you turn the, I believe it was the third or fourth quarter, but it does, Ohio State, you know, getting back into the game, and you have the Clemson re- receiver catching the ball. Take four, in, take making, four steps. Making a, fa- making a football move first off. Let's Ooh. not even talk about four steps. He made a football move to turn up field and get more yards. Getting four complete steps and bounds on his way to a fifth before the ball hits the turf. And they call but, it incomplete. But... They called it a fumble, picked up by Ohio State, and returned for a touchdown. Correct? What are you looking at if you can't see that? It was so obvious. They they do that, okay? So, hey, great. It's going to review. All scoring plays are reviewed, right? So, hey, nothing to be worried about. How on earth did they see indisputable evidence to reverse that call? It took them 30 seconds. It took him 30 seconds to review it, let alone. Helen Keller could have seen that that was a fumble return for a touchdown, and she can't even see. Yep. 
That's it. I, you know, in, at the end of the game, everyone wants to say between Chris Olave and Justin Fields and the miscommunication. It happens. That, that yeah, most plays that like that happens. But but you have to you have to understand that that situation. We're not on the field. Everyone that's bashing these guys thinks they know what they're doing. But guess what? It's a whole different game when you're on that field. When you have men chasing after you. When you, the wide receiver, thinks your quarterback's going to run it, and the quarterback thinks your wide receiver's got to be in a certain spot, and you have 30 seconds left in the game to score a touchdown, and the pressure's on, and things like that are going to happen. It happened at the most inopportune time. And credit to Chris Olave, the sophomore coming out and saying it was his fault. Because when you look back at it, yes. However, when you look back at the film, did Justin Fields have many other options to throw that football? He did. He had J.K. Dobbins a check down that was going to get him at least 10 yards. I believe K.J. Hill was running open. And I'm not even sure. It was either K.J. Hill or Ben Victor. There was many options there. And I think before that play even developed, Justin Fields looked like a quarterback that had not been in that position yet who had his mind made up of where he wanted to go with that football. And it cost him. Chris Olave thought Fields was going to run, which that's, that's part of the issue when you have a running quarterback. I mean, we've seen it before when we have Braxton Miller, who loved to use his legs. And players weren't where they were supposed to be because, oh, hey, Braxton's out of the pocket. He's going to run the football. Not the case. Either way, like I said, Dabo Sweeney, credit to him. I mean, I'm not a fan of him, but he does have his team ready to play. Um, Trevor Lawrence couldn't beat us through the air a whole lot and used his legs, which credit to him. Ohio State obviously wasn't ready to defend that, and it showed tremendously – as you had a draft out there running on the field that they couldn't stop. So Clemson's going to go into this national championship game. I, I like LSU, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that LSU's going to blow them out because, quite frankly, I thought Ohio State was going to handle this team. And I think Sweeney will have his team ready once again. And you got to remember, this team's been there, done that already. And I think that was another edge that put them over Ohio State in this national semifinal game in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. And we wait till next year. Ohio State returns a lot of players. We lost Dobbins. We lose Akuda. Chase Young. Chase Young. It's just, it's going to hurt. But at the same time, this team is capable of uh, reloading with players and talent. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. So that's it for me. Over to you. Over back to you, too. Mitch uh, Farntruth, uh, I'll take the lead on this one. Uh, like you said, Mitch Ballo, they started off strong. Uh, I thought one of the first real turning points in the game was the second run. Dobbins broke loose. Um, looked like to be no touchdown. Got tracked down. Then had to kick the field goal. That would have put him up 17 nothing. Had to kick the field goal. Made it 13 nothing, I believe, at the time. Um, but I look at this game. If you just looked at the box score, you would think Ohio State wins. Seven more first downs. Uh, almost 100 total more yards. Um, they, to me, it, it hurts the most because they were the better team in this game. Like 2016, when we lost to Clemson, it didn't hurt that much because clearly they were, Clemson was a better team that year and they proved it. Um, I thought, I still think to this day, Ohio State is better than Clemson. Um, there were about like maybe six or seven breaks and Ohio State did not get one single break. Um, Mitch Ball, you touched on the targeting and the fumble, um, both egregious missed calls, in my opinion. You had uh, the roughing the punter. When do they ever call it roughing the punter? It's always running into um, 
the punter punched the ball, jumps as high as he can into our dude, and they call it roughing. Uh, that led to more points for Clemson. Um, but to me, the most um, biggest takeaway is um, the injuries that accumulated. Fields obviously wasn't 100%. Dobbins was playing on one ankle. Um, and Ohio State still um, should have won the game. Um, and, and all that, they were down six with the ball about 25 yards away when uh, Fields and Olave had that miscommunication. But I just want to touch on it one final time and then hand it off to you, Mitch Farnsworth, and have your thoughts on it. Because th- while this game was going on, uh, the group chat was a little hostile. We, 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 we weren't really talking that much. Uh, it was getting ugly, especially when Clemson started uh, to take the lead. But, I mean, Okuda um, stops the wide receiver. He takes four steps. Strips the ball, we take it for a touchdown, um, and and to me that that was it. I mean that's seven more points you put on the board, and Ohio State would have won thirty to twenty nine. Um, I actually haven't heard your opinion on it, Mitch Farnsworth. Um, so I'll hand it off to you with this question: um, Do you think it was a fumble, scoop and score touchdown for Ohio State? And then you can just talk your your thoughts for the game. Uh man, I. I... I'm not sure. You don't want to. I'm not the guy that wants to make that decision. I'm. I can see it both ways. Um, I, I'm kind of being that guy that's kind of in between. You know, I am always the kind of the guy that's like you can see it being called both ways. Um, I think in that situation, how big of a situation it was. Um, it, it, it definitely. I don't think it should have been called. Uh, but, you know, they had definitely another opportunities for Ohio State that could have definitely determined the game. The Dobbins drop in the end zone where he has he's laying out for it in the drop there that took uh, four points off there. Um, there's a different situation. Definitely the running into the kicker was a tough call to have, but it happens and they adapted to it and still had to give Ohio State credit that they had with all the miscues that happened, you know, all the – different calls that didn't go their way to have an opportunity with, you know, a minute to left to have an ability to win the game was very impressive. But um, overall, it was the injuries came with uh, Dobbins. I thought that was the biggest one out of all of them. Uh, He was having a great day. You know, 18, he ended with 18 carries, 174 yards. The big runs really were hurting Clemson's defense. Uh, And then once he went down, Clemson really honed in on the wide receivers and weren't really – Worried about Master Teague as the backup, but you know, taking that sixteen and zero lead, I thought for sure that game was uh, getting out of hand. But then Clemson uh, figured out a way to, you know, get that momentum from the targeting hit and everything like that. But really, I was really interested in how Travis Etienne was slowed down in this game. Really, he had the touchdown, but I got to look at Clemson. I think he only had yeah ten carries for thirty six yards. Trevor Lawrence had that run by himself to the end zone, which was another impressive thing that six a guy, you know, moving that fast, outrunning a very, you know, potent defense that has a lot of speed. And he just beat that safety, cut back, had great blocking down the field and ran for the touchdown. And I'm like, man, I, I don't think I've seen Trevor Lawrence run that fast or run that far without being caught. So, uh, you got to give credit to Clemson there. The last play of the game there, and, you know, misread. You know, Fields had the opportunity to go other places. I knew that – I think it was the tight end was open there. You know, could have extended the game or, you know, 
got him close to the uh, close to the end zone. That you know they could have done something a different play with crossing patterns or something. But you know, it's how the game works out. You know, sometimes a lot of the you know plays didn't go Ohio State's way, and it gave Clemson a victory. But you know, it's it's how this game is played. It's you know sometimes you know sometimes things just don't go your way, and Clemson jumped on every little thing Ohio State did wrong or a mistake that they made, and you got a credit to Clemson, and that's why they're playing for the national championship. Uh, I have a question for you, Mitch Ball, here. Uh, really, both of you, honestly. Um, late in the game when Ohio State uh, was up to, um, and they had the ball, it was a 14-4 at the Clemson 39 with 3.07 left in the game. I believe Clemson had maybe one, maybe two timeouts, but um, they were driving, killing clock. Um, Mitch Ball, would you have gone for it up to at that spot at the Clemson 40? A first down pretty much wins you the game. Maybe if they get a three and out after that, they get the ball back with little time left. But with three minutes left and you're in plus territory, would you have gone for uh, the throat and go for the first down there? Yes. Uh, there was no hesitation in that. I said that during the game. Uh, I don't – I and – What's funny about that is they didn't go for it, and then they took the delay game to put more room back there for the punter. Yeah, and that 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 irritates me. You're already, you know, you're right there. Not to mention Ohio State was up and down all game, stopping that Clemson offense, and Trevor Lawrence was in a groove. And I, the way the game had went as an Ohio State fan, I was not confident giving them the ball back. That's an ex- granted. He's only a sophomore, but. Been there, done that. He had been to a national championship before. He had already been in the semifinal game before. He showed he can come up clutch in these moments, and he has playmakers around him. So right away, I wanted Ryan Day to go for that, and I was very irritated when they took the delay game penalty to allow Hawbill more room to punt. Um, you could have ended the game right there, and we would be, be having the only conversation we'd be having right now potentially is: Are you taking the Buckeyes or the LSU Tigers? Yeah. And instead, we're sitting here talking about how Ohio State got hosed on some calls, how they had questionable playmaking decisions and questionable coaching decisions, and I think that all comes with a first-year head coach and a second-year quarterback who had never started a full season. I think uh, I don't know. Do I think Urban Meyer goes for it in that situation? Uh, It's tough now that I think about it because I said it because he's a special teams guy, but I do. I think Urban Meyer would have realized the potential I think the risk was worth the reward. Yeah. You're going to give the ball back to him anyway. And besides, if you give the ball back to him at the 44, I believe we're at, that just means they score a little quicker and you have more time. Yeah. So I, that, that, I, I disagreed with Ryan Day not going for it there and taking the delay game penalty and then punting. Yeah, I agree. I definitely would have gone for it. Um, Clemson really only – they had 29 points, but – they only had two real good drives the whole game that weren't ref aided. The the one long Lawrence run, um, and then the the obviously the game winning drive they had with under two minutes there went ninety four yards in four plays. Um, really, we needed one stop and they got scorched at the worst possible time. But um, final question here, uh, Mitch Farnsworth, would you have gone for it or would you have played it safe? Huh? Look at that. Coming just in a big game like that, playing conservative, huh? Where have I seen this before that <laughs> yeah. has not worked? Yeah. Hmm, let's see, you know, 
that many times that I pointed out during this whole season, um, maybe four or five times during games, like LSU did it before. Uh, I'm certainly for one time and playing conservative never really works. And, you know, you got an offense that is very potent in the zone read. Uh, I, I think definitely you should go for that. Um, it's a huge game that you could put away. I would say you put the game away as fast as you can. Or, you know, that that's what I always think my philosophy philosophy would be is, you know, once the when you've got to finish the game as early as you can so that there is no chance for the other team and there's no in like any hope for the other team to have a chance to score. And they didn't and Clemson scored in I think what, a minute fourteen or a minute eighteen and they went ninety four yards and you could definitely see why he did the punt and, you know, making Clemson drive that fat or driving that length of the field. But, you know, with the momentum that Clemson had in the second half and it was rolling, I'm really, I was really concerned why Ohio State didn't go for that or Ryan Day didn't select to go for it on that. So uh, that's kind of my last feeling about that. Uh, but, hey, you know, it, it was a fun game to watch back and forth. You know, Clemson all that momentum but yeah it was again like i'll say it was an interesting game with a lot of twists and turns i'll say yeah absolutely um let's we'll move on to a another game here alabama michigan um alabama starts off strong um both teams really very entertaining first half but then alabama flexed their muscles and uh pulled away in the second half so mitch farnsworth your thoughts on how michigan performed in their bowl game exactly what I said was going to happen. Literally, or, uh, Michigan's corners couldn't cover Jerry Judy. He had, what, 203? I think it was 204. I'm sorry, 204. It, none of my the corners could figure out Jerry Judy. He's a top 15 pick. There was no corner on that field that Michigan had that could ever cover Jerry Judy more than, you know, 15 yards down the field. And, um, you it was Devontae Smith with a great catch. It was really strange how Michigan was playing so well with the run in the first half. You know, the offensive line was pushing them off the ball. It was tiring out Alabama's defense of being these long drives of right down their throat. The offensive line pushing up the field, getting those little break runs and like Charbonnet and Haskins going back and forth, giving Alabama's defense a different look each time, you know, in the backfield. But it came down to the first half looking great with running the ball, and then they went away from it in the second half, and it showed Shea Patterson not as the most uh, accurate passer, more than 15 yards down the field, multiple times not hitting his receivers deep, uh, overthrowing, underthrowing. It, it was really concerning how bad he was throwing the football. Like 17 for 37, two picks and the pick being the last play of the game, but or one of those being the last day. But, you know, looking at the receivers, it was a, kind of an array. He went to Giles Jackson, who's only a freshman, uh, who I thought was played really well with the kick return to start him off. Uh, the round with 50-yard line, you know, it didn't turn out for anything for Ohio, or, uh, Michigan. And it, it was just, I think it really came down to Shea Patterson's performance of missing, you know, receivers more than 15 yards down the field changing the game plan in the second half you know Alabama having those great wide receivers all three of them you know still though uh even having um I think it was 
Uh, I think it was Ruggs that went down. Still, you know, had two quality with Jerry, Judy, and Smith. And, you know, the mistakes on the defensive side of the ball, which really hurt us. But, you know, I, I kind of saw it coming, you know, before our last podcast, before, you know, all Christmas and everything. I knew that Alabama was going to win this game, and it kind of came true. So, uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say about this last game for the Michigan season. Uh, Mitch Bala, um, Jim Harbaugh loses another big game. Thoughts on Thoughts on it? Um, I, I'm not going to bash him as I usually would. I just think it came down to the talent gap. And like Mitch Farnsworth said, Jerry Judy is just a lot to handle. And that's, I personally think he is the best wide receiver in college football. That's why I, I personally think he'll be a top five pick. Um, I sure as hell think he's a top five talent. And I mean, let's be honest, you're going to take Nick Saban or Jim Harbaugh. You're going to take Nick Saban. And I think that proved to be a lot. Uh, but credit to Michigan. They really hung with him in the first half. I remember texting Mitch during that game saying, hey, you know, this isn't – they look pretty good right now. They're hanging with them. But I think that the big difference was the coaching. They, uh, Alabama made major adjustments at halftime, and that's why the game got out of hand the way it did in the second half and ultimately why Alabama went on to defeat Michigan. That's all I got. Yeah, right. We all picked um, Alabama to win this game, and it pretty much – that was gonna. That's how it was gonna go, and and that's exactly how we thought it was gonna go. But speaking of Alabama, um, some big news dropped yesterday. Uh, Tua declaring for the draft, um, and that was a pretty big bombshell, especially for Alabama because they're gonna have a lot of question marks next year, losing Judy, Tua, some offensive linemen. Um, so Mitch Farnsworth, your thoughts on Tua declaring, and if you think he made the right choice, Mitch Farnsworth. Oh, sorry, my bad. I was reading something. Um, it's a very interesting. Uh, I really was. Cons- I'm. I can see it be either way. Like kind of the. Uh, I'm gonna be that guy again. Um, he really had three options out of all of this. It was go to the draft, go back, redshirt, and then come back. Or I'm sorry. Well, that's the third option. So it was. I'll restart it. So it was. Um, he could either have gone back, go to the NFL, or he could have redshirted and then come back a year after, which I don't think he would have done anyway. Um, I think if we're being safe here, um, I think he sees himself as a top 10 pick. Uh, I think he wants to do it now. I know there's a lot of question marks uh, about his injury, about the ankle, his uh, hip, everything. You know, it's going to be a lot of question marks, but he's going to say, you know, look all what I did before, and, you know, no one's not sure if he's going to be the same guy. So that's going to kind of turn off the NFL process or uh, the uh, NFL teams of looking at him that way. I still see, you know, he could be that franchise quarterback. I know that Mitch Ball, I think, disagrees with me. Or I have other one or other people that could have around me that I talk to that it was like he's not going to be a good, you know, NFL quarterback because he's a shorter guy. And, you know, if he goes to – certain situations like Miami that doesn't have a lot of talent on the wide receiver. I know they have Mike Yusicki as a great tight end, but they don't really have a running game. They, you know, it's it's a tough situation for him. So um, I could see him in the top ten. I could see him falling out of the top ten to a team. I think it would be better for him if he did drop out of the top ten, go to a more quality team that has more weapons for him. But I just don't think any of these teams, you know, that are looking Miami, um, you know, Carolina's looking for another quarterback. Cause I think they might move like Mitch ball. And I were talking about Cam Newton 
I think it was today or earlier or yesterday about his opportunities, you know, staying in Carolina. But um, it could be interesting. I, I think he made the right decision of going now. Uh, I know the injuries are going to harp him, but I, I think it was the best time to go now. Mitch Bala, do you agree that he made the right choice? I, I do agree. I, there's two ways to look at it. He could have, he before his injury, it was all but solidified, in my opinion, that he was going to be a top 10 pick. Um, and Mitch, you were right. I, I am one that disagrees with you. I, I personally don't see him being a franchise quarterback or you know one of the top five quarterbacks along the likes of a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers and those type of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Personally, looking at this, he went and declared based on what he had already proven. And he had proven a lot. I'm not saying the kid's not good. I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete quarterback, and he did well at Alabama. And he had proven enough, in my opinion, to go in the top ten. Or he could have came back and reassured everyone that he's a top ten quarterback and that he can still play at the level he needs to play at. But if he would have came back and he never returned to that level, he lost out on millions of dollars. He lost out on potentially playing at the NFL level. What if he comes back to Alabama and he plays and takes one hit again and never, he, he can't run again? Yeah. I mean, you have to look at these. These are all what-if scenarios. But in my opinion, what's best for the player at his heart and his future and family and financial status, him going to the draft made the most sense. Because, And no one's really sure yet if he is going to be working out at the uh, combine. Right now, the hip injury is very significant. I know the timelines are floating between March and April, but it is not a sure thing that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be at the NFL Combine working out, running the 40-yard dash, showcasing his talent that everyone's seen on a personal level to these scouts from all 32 NFL franchises. But all in all, I think Tua did make the right, right decision to go now. And I want to ask this really quick for Mitch Farnsworth. Mitch Farnsworth, what if he drops into the teams? Would you be opposed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting them as you're a fan of that team? Oh, man. Oh, I, uh, that's an interesting one. Um, I'm not sold on Jameis, and I will say that 100 times over and over again. Not sold with a 30-30 and 30 season, a touch 30 touchdowns and 30 picks, and, you know, not been in the playoffs the whole time he's been here. Uh, but... I could see it definitely for sure. I know that the cornerback position and the secondary is a big thing for Tampa. Uh, not having a great secondary has killed us a lot. Um, uh, I am looking at the money situation that's tough with Mike Evans and everything like that. Uh, trying to go with Jameis and try to figure out if his money is worth it and everything like that. It's, it's a tough situation. Um, if he would fall... I would say let's look at all the prospects before we look at Tua, you know, see what our main need is. I know quarterback could be a main need depending on what they choose with Jameis. Um, but I would go with best prospect possible. And if it's Tua, go ahead. If it's somebody else that's sitting there that's, you know, falling from the top ten other than Tua that really would help us, I, I think it would be the best prospect at that time. Okay, just curious. I want everybody to get your input because I know you aren't. You guys aren't. We're fourteen. Yes, that's what I thought. So I was just wondering because I, I think there's a really good chance that two is going to fall um, past five. I, I don't. I think Miami is going to be interesting to see if they're going to take Tua. And I'm they sure will we're talk on that later on the road when the draft comes around. But I, it's just an interesting topic now to start thinking about since he has declared. 
Yeah, yeah, I kind of, I don't, I don't see him really falling at all. I, I just see Miami taking him a hundred times out of a hundred times, unless the combine he can't do it and he's just that beat up. But if he was that beat up, I just think he would have maybe decided to go back to college. But I, all, overall, I think he made the right choice because um, even if he's a top ten pick, uh, you're looking at millions and millions of dollars. And like you touched on, Mitch Ball, what if he goes back to college, gets another huge blow, and then falls out of the first round? Um, the risk reward isn't really there, so I, I think he'll be a top ten pick. Um, the, the Chargers are another interesting one. Philip Rivers getting another year older. What do they do there? Um, Panthers, you guys already touched on with Cam Newton. So I see a lot of teams, um, like five through ten, that could, that could really be um, needing a quarterback. And I see Tua being taken in one of those spots there. Um, but any final thoughts on any of these games we talked about? I know we're going to do a, a separate show for the national championship game itself, but any final thoughts for today's show, guys? Um, it was going to be fun. Uh, this national championship I'm actually kind of excited for. Uh, Monday, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but I, hopefully I'm there Monday night. You know, two high-caliber quarterbacks, you know, one that is going to be probably the first pick, and then the other quarterback who's probably going to be the you know, number one pick next year, potentially, depending on what team that is. So it should be a fun game. You know, two high-power offenses will going off against each other, so it should be fun. Mitch Ball, you good over there? Yeah. Um, I, was, I was waiting to see if you were going to go or pass over to me, so I guess it's to me. Um, I, it's going to be a good game. I really, I, It's going to be very entertaining. Um, it'll it, – it, sucks that Ohio State won't be in it, but at the same time I'll be able to watch the game and enjoy the game as opposed to me having a rooting interest and being nervous at every single play. Um, I'm going to bet my entire house and life savings that the Tigers are going to win Monday night and <laughs> we'll go from there. Yeah, a Tiger will win the national championship the game. Are yep. Not the, the Not the Detroit Tigers. They, they suck. Um, no, not the Detroit Tigers. All right, thank you guys for tuning in to episode 17 of the Much More Football Podcast. I'm your host, Frankie Little, alongside Mitch Farnsworth and Mitch Bala. Thank you guys for tuning in.